Welcome to Chats by Design Atlas, everybody. I'm your co-host, Jan Springsjord, alongside Megan Ludke, and this is the show where we are going to dive deep into design conversation, helping you become the best designer ever. just get into it then for this kind of design chat mm-hmm. we want to talk about our favorite accessibility plugins whether that's using figma xd or just any other tools out there um i know for me it's going to be mostly figma driven but i do think um a lot of these plugins also the ones i'm going to mention also work in like xd and, and others so they kind of have like different versions of it you megan are going to bring a bit more with like XD and that kind of realm? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I mean, most of my plugins that I use are more, I think, XD focused and um, Sketch as well, um, because I use both of those pretty interchangeably. But I also, quite honestly, don't use a whole lot of plugins. So I'm excited to learn from you about what you do, um, because the ones that I do use are definitely part of my day-to-day routine, but I think um, I am uh, missing out on some of the uh, capabilities of plugins. Yeah, well, plugins, like the world of plugins, since they're community-driven, like just a side note, they are constantly changing. And like, you always, you you kind of think like, oh, I'm gonna like spend 20 minutes now going through the community plugins. And then you always find something new. It's like going to a store, not Mm -hmm. knowing what you want to buy. And then you buy like a bunch of things because you (laughs) didn't really know what you wanted to buy when you got there. That's kind of how I feel when I go into the plugin communities. Because it's like, oh, something's something new is there. And I didn't even know this existed, but this will help me save so much time when I do X, Y, Z, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's (laughs) awesome. That's pretty funny. but also before we jump right into the plugins, um, I think just like, you know, talking a bit about like accessibility and why it's mm-hmm. important, um, because we wanted to focus on those plugins that really focus on accessibility. And um, and it's such a critical part to to design um, mm-hmm. that I think still to this day goes a bit um yeah, like it doesn't, people don't really think about it too much yep. um, or it kind of gets, it's like the last thing on the list because like it maybe doesn't get highlighted because mm-hmm. of time or money or whatever else in the mm-hmm. business that, that you're working in. So, um, so I think it's just, you know, as designers, we have that like capability or we're like positioned in the way to like bring more light to it. Oh, and I absolutely. think if more of us do that, um, it will be more like, more used or it'll be more at the forefront of the projects that we're working on. Oh, 100%. I think that designers sit in a really unique spot where we have the ability to make some of the decisions that can really like play a huge role in how accessibility works on a platform well before it hits a developer. And then they maybe start thinking Mm -hmm. about it. We could address so many more things before it gets to developer and then therefore have a much more accessible experience across the design even before you have to have a discussion about it or or anything like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when we kind of hear the word accessibility, I think 
a lot of people think like, oh, it's access for all or, mm-hmm. or stuff like, you know, yeah. like there's ways that people might think about it. Like, what does accessibility really mean? And really, like in a very super general term, uh, like kind of like a definition of it is like accessibility is basically like this concept where a product or service can be used by everyone however they encounter it. So whether that means you're blind or if you only have four fingers or if you have only one leg. You're colorblind or you're, you're, you know, it's... I was really going down the amputee route, but sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's all right. Like, I think there's there's so many, um, I think, instances where you think about, where you don't realize that accessibility can play a huge role in how a design, Mm. you know, can work. So... In order for something to be accessible, mm-hmm. it has to also be accessible for um, people who have like permanent uh, disabilities, where people have temporary disabilities and they also, or just in the moment, like can't access something in the same way. Like they have, it's a new mm-hmm. mom with one hand uh, and a baby in the other. Like they can't, right. like it's, yeah, it's in exactly. every realm of it. It's not just people with disabilities, it's every person who has no. maybe a slight disadvantage to yeah. uh, most able bodied people. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a thing, especially for like, I kind of like how you just said that, where it's like not just accessibility in the sense of people with like, you know like disabilities that go through like that kind of stay with them throughout their life but there are disabilities that we all have just depending on what stage of life we're in as well right um i mean a child is going to see something different than an adult Mm -hmm. or you know like just even that or we now need if you get older you need glasses or uh if you're younger you don't need glasses like all of those types of things are Te- you know in in quotation marks a disability that maybe happens over time or mm-hmm. or things like that too so our bodies are constantly changing so therefore i think accessibility wise we need to keep and keep like all of those things in mind too or that's mm-hmm. kind of the the forefront of what accessibility really mm-hmm. is in, in design so i read an article last week um about something really um really interesting in terms of like the moral reasons that accessibility should be a part of design um and basically uh, like the like it's first of all it's like a moral like it's a moral right to design for everybody like if you are making a product for only a certain type of people you're Mm -hmm. basically doing things that are like immoral for like the collective well-being of all humanity like if you just take it down to that like you basically like you're you're kind of making something that not everybody can use and to to me that's being like immoral (laughs) towards humanity so yeah so that was the (laughs) so that was like the first thing that i thought was was interesting but the second reason is like many of us think um when we consider like accessibility is like more of like a legal one Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of instances like when it comes to uh, I don't know, like government websites or like banking or like mm-hmm. these things where we all use like a certain touch point of like a bank or a legal service or or something um, like that. Like if you're not making it for every single person, That's you're required to use kind it. Of breaking. Yeah, exactly. You're breaking legal laws that yeah. are in place to make things make things usable. Yeah. So. There's like a whole mentality on that. Um, obviously, we, I know probably not every designer is working on like tools that are, you know, in a government agency or mm-hmm. a legal, you know, thing. But, or a financial but institution take or those, something like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but you can take those like principles and still apply them to, you know, the mm-hmm. the um, 
and then the project that you're working on that maybe isn't in the realm of legal or financial, you know, yeah. business. So, mm-hmm. so that was kind of another thing. Um, and there are actually a lot of countries now that have these accessibility codes um, that you can kind of Google. Europe has been really on top of that. I think they, their standards at least. I don't. I don't know which country specifically mm-hmm. have are usually a lot higher than that of like I guess the United States or something. But um, just you know, like they're now like requiring most products and websites and things to be and this is like a really recent change like they just like announced that like all most websites have to be like to a certain level of accessible across the board by like Mm -hmm. in the next few years here they are like required to which is really interesting to see Mm -hmm. yeah and you know and if you don't you'll basically get fined by the government for not having created an accessible tool for people to use for the general public right well and that kind (laughs) of like brings it back to like uh, like having an accessible product website or tool is just at this point in time good business practice (laughs) yes it's not even like it's just like like good business practice like it will just make your product your business and every single thing about it better because it is accessible because when it's not accessible and then it needs to be it brings your product down and it brings um your user base down and and everything so when you have a accessible product it is therefore now going to be a better business. Mm, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. I don't really know how to elaborate well, on Kat that. Noon, but... I I say it better. I yeah, know. Cat exactly. <laughs> um, Noon from, uh, we'll Stark. maybe talk about yeah. her a little bit more, but Cat yeah. Noon from Stark is really good at expressing that and yeah. really like getting right down to the nitty gritty of like, this makes your business like so much better. Mm. Um, but you yeah i mean also i mean you kind of buy i think the reason why it makes the business function better though is because you're making it more accessible for all of the users therefore Mm -hmm. you can include or you get more clients you get more customers you get more everything because more people can use it like fundamentally and more people are (laughs) satisfied with your product in more possible ways i mean and then it also just like protects you from you know, potential lawsuits and yeah. other things like that. It just like overall makes things so much better for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then like one additional benefit um, of like you know just making your tools or products accessible is, um, you know, it just also actually helps with like SEO and making your website more discoverable mm-hmm. or your product more discoverable because um, Google, for example, more or, marketable. Yeah. yeah, but but like you know, search engines like Google, for example, they actually have now tools that are like crawling these websites to check like certain styles and CSS mm-hmm. to actually determine if this website is accessible or not and therefore they rank the website higher or lower based on its accessibility score that Google assigns it so right well even yeah. like adding <laughs> alt text to images helps yep. with your SEO in terms of yep. like yeah. you know, so marketing like checking, and every, every yeah. aspect of things yeah They're like checking all of those yep. things now to actually define that tool or that website like and giving it a mm-hmm. score and then making it like lower or higher ranking which is which is interesting because you know it used to be like just like tags and like making sure that you had mm-hmm. keywords on your website that were like algorithm mm-hmm. you know in a nice way but now it's like way more technical and like if th- those people that used to rely on those like literally died be- like their websites died because mm-hmm. 
their websites maybe weren't accessible. They were literally relying on keywords and the words that they were using. Yeah. And so it's just this interesting yep. like dynamic now that people are like, oh yeah, I should probably like focus also on that. And yeah, and it helps everybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but another thing I, I noticed and, you know, I know I'm talking a lot, Megan, but, um, <laughs> but you're fine. I'm coughing. It's, okay. But there was this, curb cut effect that I learned about and it, that's what the, like the term is called the curb is cut effect um basically so I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of that yeah so when like kind of s- suburban or urban sprawl started in the U.S. like during like mm-hmm. industrial revolution times and so on you know sidewalks started to become more of a kind of a key okay. you know thing in these neighborhoods and yeah. at the beginning when they were making these sidewalks, they would always just have like, um, you know, like a step, you know, like where the gutter kind of um, t- comes off of the sidewalk. So mm-hmm. it was just like you would have to step down to like get onto the crosswalk to then step up again to then get okay, back yep. onto the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So there was no, it was literally like a writ, like, you know, an edge to the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. At like all a times. stair. Yeah. It was like a stair. It was like one yeah. step to get down from the sidewalk to the pavement yeah. and so on. Um and so, you know, a lot of people, especially people in wheelchairs, had such a hard time on these sidewalks because they had to always like they could never get up onto the sidewalk. They could never get mm-hmm. down. I mean, it was like, you know, really hard to get down the sidewalk. You, you know, hit a huge bump or something. And and mm-hmm. so and so there was a bunch of lobbying that went on like government wise and like, you know, funding for getting more ramps or trying to figure out how we can better make uh, sidewalks that are like more universal mm-hmm. for all. But the thing was, is the focus was just on wheelchairs. Like people were like, we need ramps on sidewalks that people in wheelchairs can move on the sidewalks like more easily. Mm-hmm. But what what actually is interesting. So the reason why it's called the curb cut effect is because they cut the curbs away so that there were more these 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 ramps, right? But when but when they they did that for the wheelchairs, it all of a sudden made it easier for cyclists, for people with strollers, for scooters. And all of those things Mm -hmm. and the effect actually. So again, if we focus on accessibility, so in that same way, the curb cut effect like is a theme Mm -hmm. within accessibility because we have this kind of we, we, we maybe focus on making it easier for people who are blind um with the alt text and so on but then we're also impacting people who are colorblind or something like that so so it Mm -hmm. kind of spirals into like a further like into a bigger effect of like you know yeah Yeah, like you quite you just really don't know all the whole of the impact that you could have by having an accessible product like that so that's the very kind of the, the the topic of that is curb cut it's a very interesting like um I guess it's historical thing to think about because like mm. you don't like user experience and user, you know, accessibility and all of those things plays a huge role in every aspect of life, not just like yep. digital products and things like that. Mm. Um, but I think as like digital designers, we kind of forget about those specific like user experience sort of history markers, something mm. like the curve cut effect mm. totally like brings it back in that like a lot of people are thinking about this in different ways and now like Mm. i can't even think of sidewalks that don't have like that little ramp like even in like my small little town that like has like a thousand people like there there are no sidewalks that don't have like the little ramp or like the bumps or whatever to let you know that this is 
Yeah, like you just like can't even, I can't even think no. about that because it's such now common practice across everything. Like you can't make a sidewalk without it because there yeah. are things in place yeah, to exactly. make sure that it exactly. works. And so mm, most of with us, the internet being sorry, such a no. like new thing, that's okay. <laughs> I was just going to also add like with the internet being such like a new thing, we're just now hitting, I think, in that like sort of space where we're realizing that it's not accessible to everybody and it's not working. So we got to like go back and fix it and make sure everything works. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like most of us, like just to your point about the the curbs, even in the small towns of Wisconsin, mm-hmm. like most of us no longer even think about curbs, uh, curb cuts as like accessible design. We just kind of think it's like the logical way to make a sidewalk because the other yeah. the other alternative doesn't really exist anymore so so that's also like where a long-term accessibility like choice or decision can also become more of like a like we almost just think that's the way it always has been like if you do it long enough people will forget the old thing and therefore mm-hmm. not even consider that as an option anymore so so I think yeah. if we can think about sidewalks as like a really good example, if we can just apply that to like digital design and so on for like future products mm-hmm. and things, uh, I think it'll be more like highlighted. People will start using it more and we'll forget about mm-hmm. how all those old products or old websites used to be, you know, because <laughs> those yeah, accessibility exactly. things will be, you know, taken for granted, but also just thought of as the way it always has been. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yep. yeah. Exactly. Well, why don't you tell me what your favorite? No, why don't um, you go? Because I've been talking a lot, Megan. Go ahead first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like okay. I need so... a, I need a breather. I need some water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. So let's talk about our um favorite different like plugins that we use. Yep. So we've talked a lot about accessibility and the importance of it. But how do you, you know? Like, what are you supposed to be doing in design when you're or how you know, do you accessible? How do you measure? There's, how do you measure your designs yeah. and ensure that they're accessible, right? And I think that's where like, yeah, the use of that's plugins I think come maybe in, a better thing, right? Yeah. So there, I mean, we don't need to get into like the super details of everything, but the very basics of it is there is standards and guidelines across the internet of like what can classify something as accessible or not. Um, the web content. Web Content Accessibility Guidelines is kind of like the basis of that. And um, there's a, what we call like a double A standard and a triple A standard. And I think maybe this varies across country to country and, and whatever. But the basics of it is is that there's a certain threshold where something meets accessibility standards. And then there's another threshold at which it exceeds it and it makes it great. Um, so there's a little there's a space in there where you have something that's like accessible and then there's a threshold where it's not. Um, and a lot of this applies to colors, but this also applies to, you know, very, so many other aspects of the internet. But I think as designers, we can really focus on colors is like a huge thing. Mm. Um, so this is like, you know, the colors of our buttons and how they interact with the text and how our text reads against the background. The and, animation. And whether our images, yeah, the animations and, and how, you know, they, you know, how fast they move and, and what they do. Um, and so when we're designing, you have to know how to measure those things. And uh, plugins have been the, you know, just the thing that you need <laughs> in order to get this done because right. there just isn't any, like, 
inherent tools in Adobe yet or a Figma or whatever that are going to like do that for you. Mm. Um, So my personal favorite tool and the one that I use um, for accessibility the most is the Stark plugin um, at getstark.co. They have uh, a plugin for um, XD, Sketch, and Figma, right? I I only ever use it in XD and Sketch, so I don't totally They are on Figma. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, so this plugin basically allows us as designers to check the contrast ratios between certain colors in our designs. So you essentially just select like two different colors in your design, and then you run the plugin, and it shows you whether this is going to pass the um, WCAG guidelines and if it um you know passes at the threshold that you want it to at double a AA or triple a um or if it doesn't if it fails and and in it also offers suggestions and what you can change it to um that are slightly different that could total that now bring it back up to like the passing or accessibility standards and so um that's probably one of my favorite plugins and the one that i use honestly the most uh i think they just released a google chrome extension as well so now you can go through actual live websites and like check the contrast there um with their plugin but stark is probably one of my favorite plugins mm. um and i know do you, you use it yeah as well? yeah i use it as well i kind of use it exactly as you described right with the just checking yeah. the colors and so on <laughs> but what i one thing i don't know if you mentioned is they also have the kind of the the filters that you can apply to like the yes. colors and to kind of act yes, as if you are colorblind, colorblind or or if you have glaucoma or like various other like eye kind of impairments I think there's a, or yeah so there's like a yeah yeah there's one that's also like a blurs it yeah. there's one that like changes like the colors to be yeah. like what certain um colorblind because there's different types of being yeah. colorblind yeah of course um so there's all of the different types of those you can like there's in the pop-up window you basically can just see your whole design yep. in what a colorblind person would see it and it totally changes <laughs> everything <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and you know i don't know what it's called but people there's some people that just see black and white and different shades of black and white and yeah. so on too and so if you don't even see color, how can you represent the color with contrast? I mean, basically, you're just checking the contrast mm-hmm. of or like the shades or, designs or, or the something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I think Stark is extremely valuable in like in in kind of enacting for somebody who isn't colorblind, designing for people who are colorblind to ensure that like the the design decisions also kind of work towards those mm-hmm. people or like those, those uh, people who have the colorblindness or other various eyesight impairments they're not really good i would say though stark isn't really great on like you know ensuring that like text editors or text readers or mm-hmm. like things like that i think they're much more of like this visual no. like oriented company that focuses on like the accessibility of how things look through through your vision basically mm-hmm. um so i would say that they're yeah really absolutely that. and i think um though i do think that they are changing um for uh Stark has an amazing community of people who use the product and build the product. Um, Kat Noon, the CEO, uh, she's actually a product designer uh, originally who then eventually started mm. the company. Um, she did a talk at Adobe Max, or she was in a talk at Adobe Max. I think we mentioned her in our mm-hmm. one of our previous episodes. Um, 
But over the last, you know, year or so, I've been following along like her on LinkedIn and in her community um, with Stark and what they do. And they've been, um, I think, building something a lot bigger than that. They really are trying to tackle accessibility as a whole, how to get designers and developers and people across the board to like really like uh, value accessibility and make tools for everybody to use. So I think um, the various like text that are all of those extra things that you need to do they are mm -hmm. trying to tackle that in some way whether it's i think on the developer side or mm -hmm. it's on the designer side yep. um but eventually they'll get there they're yeah. doing some really awesome things one of my other favorites is like the it's again it's kind of like what stark does with like contrast checker um but it's called it's just called contrast uh it's a plugin in figma mm -hmm. i have no idea if it exists in other tools so we just need to check okay. on that. But um, but <laughs> the the tool in Figma is called Contrast. And basically what it does, it makes it super easy to, again, check like the color ratio specifically and makes it and checks like the AA standard or the AAA standard accessibility uh, for for not just colors like on buttons or, or shapes and so on, but also mm -hmm. like the text color on a button or something like that. So it will double check any color that's like a duo, like one color on top of another, it mm -hmm. will do do the job on that. But it, what's really cool is it does all of that at the same time. So whereas um, whereas Stark only does like one or, or sorry, two colors kind of at a time, you have to choose or select each mm -hmm. one. You basically can like highlight a button that maybe has a border, uh, text color and a fill color. And it will give you the mm -hmm. kind of the realm um, of which kind of contrast uh, the accessibility guidelines on all three of those are. And it will also, if you're not meeting that uh, guideline or the like standards, um, it will provide examples of which ones you could pick based on what you have if you're like, if it's not Interesting. a good thing. So it's like kind of finding like a similar color to what you are using but making it more accessible for the meeting mm -hmm. those standards so, so yeah it's pretty cool um definitely you know something a bit more advanced maybe than like the stark contrast picker but yeah again you get other things in stark because you have like the the whole like eyesight thing and how you can see everything in different yeah. color blindness and all that but, but yeah i thought that one was really cool another another one for me um is a figma plugin called spell with three l's S-P-E-L-L-L. -L -L. <laughs> um, and that's because uh, we make a lot of mistakes probably in typing text or copy in our Figma documents. And I know this isn't like super accessible. <laughs> so many typos. But I, but I pity like the developers who maybe have to read my mockups from time to time, especially when it's like in a foreign language at times. Like I'm writing sometimes oh. in Norwegian or German or English oh, no. and it gets very con yeah. confusing, you know. So, um, so I really like in Figma the spell checker. Um, that I think a lot of mock-up tools kind of yeah. lack. They don't really have like really good spell yeah. checking. So, so there's a plugin. Well, I think just across that... design tools in general, yeah. spell check is like not a priority. No. I think Adobe is starting to do it. You have yeah. to like turn it on in know, Illustrator, agree, which is irritating. Um, and InDesign has it as well, but mm. the rest like not that great. No. <laughs> so yeah, so that's just another one of those plugins that are just like a go-to when, when designing so what's yeah, the other one like you like megan necessary <laughs> um well so i like i mentioned before i don't use a ton in um my day-to-day -day and my design tools but i do actually use a lot in you know 
in my web browser. So I, I use um, a color contrast checker in uh, as a Chrome extension. And this helps a lot with, um, you know, when we're, our development team is trying to like figure out, um, you know, there's an issue with some accessibility or some colors on our, our website that oh, yeah. the marketing team actually builds and develops. So the marketing team builds the website. So sometimes I go through and I make sure that um, our buttons are contrast checked and whatever. And so um, <laughs> what I can do with the color contrast checker is actually right in there. I can, you know, pick out the colors right from the CSS in yeah. the HTML website, pick those colors out and um, it puts them together. And then it actually gives me some options um, to, there's some sliders to change the color oh, cool. one direction or another. So you can actually, or whatever. And you then can it, actually it, see it in the website, then, like how the color. Well, you can see it in the plugin. And so okay. then it'll give you the hex, the new hex code. Then I uh, just okay. go in and change it in the website cool. when I need to. Yeah. But it's kind of nice to just see it has like a huge, it's like a really, I would say like large uh, <laughs> extension. So when you turn okay. it on, it fills up the bottom half of your screen actually. Uh, okay. And so you have. Chats by Design Atlas is hosted by me, Jens Springsjord, and Megan Ludke. This podcast was produced by Design Atlas Media. To learn more about the show, visit our website, designatlaspod.com, and check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or even Twitter at Design Atlas Pod. Those links and much more can be found in the show notes of this episode. And don't forget, give us a review on your podcasting streaming platform. We'd love to know what you think about our show. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you all in two weeks with a brand new episode.